This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Hope you guys are well, as always. Now, this is a great podcast. I think one of the better ones I've done in a bit, in my opinion. This is with a young dog owner who's always wanted a shepherd that got a shepherd from the Amish for like 600 bucks and um this dog genetically is not sound um and this is just a good podcast for you guys to really understand uh the point of view of the dog owner i think is a fair way to say it of like this is what i want done this is what i want changed this is what i want to fix and i have to make sure that i'm clear on well i understand that but these are the things that are actually the problem here and um, so this is just an excellent podcast to just kind of like be entertained by and to also go through and listen and understand that, hey, listen, I know what you want. I know what your goals are, but these are the things that you actually have to start working on. And it's not as simple as like, let's turn this off. Let's stop this. So it's a great podcast. Um, and as always, I'll be answering three of your dog training questions at the end of the podcast. And as you guys know, I'll be on tour this fall, which is really exciting. You can get the links in the tip. Get the links Wow, you get the tickets in the link below. And I'd really love to uh, get out there and meet some of you guys and uh, hang out with you and you know, answer questions. I think the majority, I think we have I think we have working spots left in Texas and Florida maybe. Um, everywhere else is sold out. So I'm really excited. And just remember uh, when we're on tour, uh, we're going to be doing meet and greets every night in every city that we're doing. So even if you didn't get tickets and it was sold out or whatever, you could still come hang out and, and meet with us. Um, so anyway, I'm excited about that. Make sure you listen to the end of the podcast. I'll be answering three of your dog training questions, and we'll talk to you at the end. Hey guys, really quick. Um, so my there's something going on with like my card uh, in my podcast uh, reader thing, my mixer, and for some reason sometimes it'll like write error, so it'll stop and pause. So if at any point in this podcast or inter- other podcast, you might just hear something just skip, and it won't maybe make sense and to be honest i don't have enough time to go through the whole podcast again and and find those little spots um so i apologize in the future if, if all of a sudden i'm talking and then boop it just goes to like another part um but this is such a good podcast that i i, I had to put it out immediately um and uh, i just wanted to let you know that 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 might happen in this so sorry if it does but whenever i joined the military i wanted to get it always wanted a german shepherd and uh I did training. I did board and train with them probably when he was eight months or so old. Okay. Seven, eight months. It was a obedience training here in Delaware. I'm stationed here in Delaware. And, uh, um, what was it? Uh, you know, he was fine. He never would bite anyone, never bite the trainer. He would, he would act like he would do something, bark and stuff and everything at someone, but he would never bite anyone. He was, you know, never had to worry about that issue. Once he got to know someone, he was always really good with them. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so the trainer, um, he gave him, you know, uh, like I have him on this right now, the Doctra collar thing. Okay. And um, I've had, it's lasted really good while, so I use that. I've kind of gone away from the shocking. He told me to shock him a lot at like 50, 60 because he was just very energy. I don't know. And my wife doesn't like it. But, yes. you know, I did it anyways because I did it, and he would he would tell me to use the continuous and then the the act, this one, and then like the whining because he whines a lot. Use a pager for that. I don't I don't really use the shock anymore. Mainly just a pager, and I don't use. I'll put it like a forty now. I don't know, and then do the shock. Maybe a tap it or okay. barking like it's barking. So let's. Yeah, I got you. So let's back up just a little bit. So two year old German Shepherd. You've done some obedience training. Uh, with with the remote collar with another training camp yes sir and so um when you're so what's your biggest problem right now i know that you said that he's getting kind of resources go ahead i just really want him to get better around people and also like just get rid of the like that biting and growling like he'll he'll his heckles or whatever the back hair will just stand up and he'll get very 
protective and like uh we tried going home on vacation i think it was like two months after i got from back from deployment i tried working with him healing and stuff he heals fine most of the time especially he'll heal really good after i take him to the park and let him run around for a while and then he's really good at it but um i tried taking him home at the and my grandparents you know they're older and family yeah and he's really good with my grandpa i don't know why he's just he did knock him down and he had to go to the er whenever i was uh our first time home when i got him it wasn't he, he got excited and he was like running around the driveway and accidentally knocked him down which he didn't mean to but yeah right. but the second time so anyone that walks down the hallway, like comes down a uh, door, he'll dart at him. Like he'll dart, barking, growling, heckle, standing up, um, he, and he'll sniff. He'll be okay. Um, but and then the, he'll just do that constantly, and he's always guarding something. Like he's always uh, like protective mode. And then but then one time, um, but normally see because uh, at the before I deployed, he was always fine. He would do that, but he never would actually bite. But then uh, all of a sudden one day my aunt came over and them and they're scared of him. You know, they don't want to be around him. And I was, I had him outside and you're know, playing fetch. And then he just mm-hmm. started, as soon as she opened the back door to come outside, he darted at the door at her. And then, so I went and grabbed the, I put his prong collar on and uh, his uh, leash. And I was like, oh, you come out. He should be fine. You know, I have him. And she came out and he did the barking. And I, you know, I popped him with the collar a little bit and kind of walked away from her. And then he stopped and he stopped barking and he was fine. And so I was like, okay. Well, maybe he just needs to sniff you or whatever and it'd be okay. So I brought her, brought him up to the uh, porch where she was. And I was like, you know, he's doing fine. He ain't doing nothing. And as soon as I get up there close, he lunged at her, grabbed her by the uh, leg and started like shaking his head at her. And, uh, for like a couple of seconds and I was able to pull him off. I put him in the kennel. Um, and, uh, but you know, it's like, he, he doesn't like know he's doing anything wrong. So he's just like, I don't know. Um, but yeah. he, I don't, so I, I just don't know. I just want to get rid of all that. Is it anything I can do or whatever? So, okay. What are you doing right now? Is he is he fixed? Yes, sir. I got him fixed uh, right when I got uh, back, right before I took him home. So, beginning of this year, I got him fixed. Okay. So he was just uh, just a little over two years old. Okay. And the tra- the vet. So that was another thing. So I took him to the vet. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't have problems before because he was a little puppy so he was younger he didn't really he would bark and stuff but he wouldn't really do anything um i took him to the vet i i put his uh muzzle on him now i have to and uh i we you know put him they weighed him the nurses he was fine he didn't bark or growl at anyone then mm-hmm. but so we went in the room room and then as soon as the vet walks in then he starts lunging and growling and barking and trying to like snap at people and so, and they, for them to even do anything to check them, they have to give them that, um, I don't know if it's anesthesia, some kind of shots they have to give them to put them to sleep kind of. Yeah. And uh, then they can start doing stuff. And then uh, when I went to get them fixed, it took them like three shots, the maximum amount of shots they could give them, I think, just to get them to sleep finally. So like, or he wasn't even asleep. He was like drunk, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like it took him, he's just very high drive kind of, I don't know. He just. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, I think a lot of this is, is going to come down to the way that you're handling him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to say exactly why these things are happening. It could be genetics. It could be lack of handling, could be lack of consistency, could be lack of training, uh, could be pro- improper, uh, tool usage. It could be anxiety. It could be it's so many things, but I, I think, think like all of it. yeah, yeah, could exactly. <clears throat> yeah. It could be, excuse me. could be all those things. So I think the number one thing you need to to actually there's two really big things is just being able to handle him and, and control him uh, a lot calmer and, and being able to to really teach him you know how to behave and then the other thing is is because he's he has this behavior going on right now I think that you should be focusing a lot on management to guest management too like so just making sure that your obedience is good and he's listening and you're being calm when you handle him but you're also not putting him into situations or you're putting your friends and family or the the public into situations that could ultimately end up, uh, you know, being, being bad. So when you're handling him right now, it sounds like you have, um, uh, the e-collar, the prong collar. So, so there, there's not going to be a way to just get rid of all of that. It's going to be a continual, Hey, I want to, it's like somebody who's unhealthy that wants to be healthy. Right. It's not like talking like on the phone, you know, he's, chilling yeah he's got a toy so he's he's 
he's uh he's he's good most of the time around us. You know, he but he does have those moments where he does that stuff. I don't know. Um, walking is fine. I don't know. Okay, so let's try to break down and and really clarify the 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 problem. So uh, it would be react reacting to other people when when they're around. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's where, you know, there, there's a couple different things. There's, there's obedience that goes into that. There's avoidance that goes into that. And, and there's guest management that goes into that. So there's a lot of different avenues that you can go down and it might be a combination of all three, but mm-hmm. if you're having people over and you know that they're coming over, my point is, is if he doesn't like other people, you're not going to be able to change that. But if he's having a hard time to just figure out what to do and how to do things, then that's where you can kind of grab the wheels of of the car and be able to navigate through that situation. So, how is your obedience with him? I mean, I know that you said he's okay out on a walk and stuff, but when you ask him to do stuff, is he pretty responsive? Is he quick, or is he is he not really? He, um, he it goes off and on like he feels sometimes like he'll be really like, but if he, if he has like if there's something like he's. Uh, distracted by or whatever then it's uh pretty hard um but you know like if it's just us i can tell him to sit stay do whatever he'll he'll usually do it most of the time okay staying for a long period of time uh that uh hard time doing he'll stay there for but then he's then he gets uh he's very just uh energetic and just wants to go do something he's like oh and he just gets up after like a couple minutes and one i nope no, go lay down mm-hmm. you know so yeah, I think so. Practicing your obedience throughout the day, uh, making sure that when you're when you're with him and you're working with him, uh, it's it's important that you're working on things that are going to help you in reality. So if you're having people over and he has a hard time with people or uh, it's too much stimulation or whatever the case is, like you have to think about the obedience cues and the obedience things that you want him how to how you want him to behave. So he'll just bark and everything. I put him in the kennel, and I have done that. Like put him in the kennel around people. I put the collar on him use the vibrate like the pager or something and sit there and until he stops but he'll just sit there and bark and bark and growl and he'll like just wants to uh just bark at him you know he won't mm-hmm. want to stop so i have to put him in another room in the kennel or something so because yeah. like i tried to introducing people to him through the kennel and then one time he was he was real fine and then i was like okay i told my little sister i was like all right he's fine you know put him in the kennel and he he, he was barked and he stopped and then okay i was like oh go get a treat maybe uh treat him through the kennel you know yeah and then yeah, and then as soon as he, she put it up there, he was fine. And then as soon as she did that, he he barked at her, or whatever, you know, and stuff like that. She got scared. They always go hide from him now. You know, I'm just afraid he's going to bite the wrong person and they're going to want to put him down or something, you know. And he just doesn't seem like the super bad dog, you know, sometimes. And then like he just has those moments where he just snaps. I don't know. Yeah, and I, and I yeah, and and that's hard for me to really decipher exactly why that's happening. Uh, you know, and, and just because there's a, there's a lot of variables going in there. So, mm-hmm. you know, cause, cause if you're using the e like I never use the e-collar, uh, as a correction, unless it's, it's something that I have to, like it's, if it's intervention or, um, especially the levels that you're using. So that's like, uh, I think that's a whole other conversation to be honest. I mean, using that e-collar. Oh, he told me I needed to use it up higher because, uh, he wasn't listening with the lower levels. So I don't know. And he told me I need to like insert dominance. I don't know. And all this other stuff. He's like, I think he said he, sometimes you might have to like pick them up and like throw them on the ground or something mm-hmm. like that. I never did that, but, or grab them by the back of the collar and pick them, lift them up, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, what else? I don't know if he was uh he was more of a obedience trainer. I don't know if he did any of that, but he never, I don't know. He, uh, Kyle would listen to him sometimes, you know, he got to where, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, you, you just have to be, I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, necessarily, you know, and everyone has their own way of training, but that's, that's not my way and experience. Maybe that gentleman is very successful in, in doing that with some people, but to me that mm-hmm. just, that creates more tension. It creates more frustration. It's dangerous, frankly. Um, and a lot of times it's not fair for the dog. And so I, you know, you can, you can do that if you want, but I just wouldn't suggest it. Like if you're using a, a level 50 on a remote collar on a dog, that's significant. That's very high. And it, it should really only be done in a life or death situation, in my opinion, with, uh, yeah, sometimes higher than that, a lot of time, so way higher. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that that could be causing a lot of the the conditioning that's was, going. What's that? I said, yeah, he would. Uh, my wife thinks it was a trainer, and the reason because he was never like this uh, biting at everyone and everything until later afterwards, and was using the collar and stuff, kinda, mm-hmm. like because he was fairly cool. He'll get scared. I don't know. Like he'll have anxiety problems and all this other stuff. He tried getting on medicine. You know, the vet did. I don't know, but you know, he'll freak out about stuff. You know, the vet said he just has obedience problems. The vet one did, but you know. No, I don't. I don't think it's an. I don't think it's an obedience thing. I think. I think what you're dealing with right here is is a lot of, um, just poor handling, poor training, uh, and and a dog that's confused. To be honest. <laughs> So what I would do is I, I would kind of step away from from using the uh, the e collar like that because it, it can make him more anxious and, and and if somebody comes into the house and then he's suspicious of that person instinctually as a dog and as a German Shepherd and he reacts a little bit and then you nail him at like a fifty or sixty then the e collar really is going to play a role in, in in how he acts because it could make things a lot worse if you don't use oh, that. I actually have a story about that actually. Um... The first time I took him home, even second sometimes. So I would put the collar on him. Mm-hmm. He he ran into the house, and my little sister and them was all in there, and I didn't know what he's gonna do. And he ran towards them barking, and I used the call. He I used as soon as he got up there, he didn't bite at him, but I used the uh, the collar, you know, whatever fifty sixty, and shocked him. And he snapped his head back and grabbed her my sister's pants. Yeah, you know, and he like you know, and I, I don't think he. I don't know if he did it. I think it was like from a reaction from the shocking. And then my mom doesn't like it either because he did that before with her. The same thing, basically. I shocked him. It was like he thought that she was hurting him or something. I don't know. Snapped at her. Yeah. You know? Yeah, sure. Definitely. So, like I said before, I I wouldn't uh, be using that e-collar like that because I think that that's probably adding to what's going on i think it's it's making a, a a stressful situation even more stressful so i just wouldn't do that anymore uh and I, and uh and and i wouldn't i would just kind of shelf the e-collar because it doesn't sound like it's beneficial for you guys right now i would really get back down to the basics on developing a better relationship and understanding with the dog with communication and training so i would mm-hmm. i would get back down to the basics on the leash and going out and and bringing him for walks and bringing him uh, to different places and working on obedience because what you said earlier about him only responding if there's not much going on makes a lot of sense. That's, that's mm-hmm. just a, that's just a typical, basically my dog understands basic obedience, but not advanced obedience. And it sounds mm-hmm. like you're putting him into advanced obedience situations and expecting him to overachieve. And it's obviously not going to be realistic or fair. And that's something that you have to really work on is get back, getting back down to keeping him on a leash and going over the things that are going to make him successful privately. And then that way, when you're introducing the uh, obedience to him that you've been working on, it's going to be helpful when you have people over. See, yeah, he never would ever, like, I guess he, he would never bite me, you know, or anything, never. And then uh, yeah, he, after I got back from deployment, then he did it. Uh, there was one time we were playing, me, me and my wife was throwing a baseball around, just playing catch and, uh, he was, we were playing with, well, uh, he was just running around doing those things, but then he wanted the ball and then we were throwing it and he kept on going like at the ball. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, yeah, he bit me in my, in my thigh because of it. And he wanted the ball and I, uh, yeah. And, uh, I used a collar on that, I think, or, uh, I think I swatted at him or something because all I had was a glove in my hand. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have the collar. All I had was my glove in my hand. I swatted at him, mm-hmm. but, and lay down and stay. Cause yeah. And then another time we were laying on the couch. And sometimes he get, he only gets here up here. He, well, with her, he gets up here all the time. With me, he doesn't really get up here until us. I tell him to. And then so he wanted to get up. I let him up. He's laying down, and I was like messing with him. I, I was trying to mess with him and lay over on him. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he just randomly snapped and bit me on my face. And that one, luckily, it didn't mark uh, bleed or nothing. Just bruised. But um, yeah, he did that. Yeah. So so just randomly, like he was just fine, and then just all of a sudden, just, just randomly just snapped. Right. Well, I think, like I said, you know, we, it's, it's not, um, I don't think it's that important to, to, to talk about, you know, a lot of the, the things that he, I just think like your relationship is totally off and he's been introduced to certain training, uh, unfairly and it's making him unpredictable. It's making him anxious. It's making him, yeah. uh, I like, 
for her to be able to put the color and stuff on them and walk them and stuff. You know, right now I'm the only one that can do it. So yeah, um, okay, yeah, and I, yeah, I understand. I I would just like I said, I I would kind of get back down to the basics. And when you say putting the collar on him, what collar are you talking about? It's the I have the that Doctra e collar thing, or whatever. Right. So so I would. Okay. So I would recommend again, like not using the e-collar right now because mm-hmm. he, he's not, he's not properly trained on it. It doesn't seem so he can kind of just like, that's, that's something you should just take off the table um, because okay. it's going to make him more upset. I think it's just being used in a very, um, right now I started putting it on him because he was uh, here lately, just like the past maybe month or month and a half. He, he usually goes in the kennel fine. He's really good in the kennel normally. And then all of a sudden, he's, uh, I tell him to go get in the kennel, and he wants to get in there, and then he'll stand up. Don't He doesn't want to lay uh, – I'll tell him to lay down. He'll start whining, barking, everything. And as soon as we walk out of the house, we'll hear him barking like crazy. So that's why I put the collar on him. And then as soon as he barked, I'll hit the you know shocker, the pager. Um, and trying to get him to – well, the whining, I'll just page him, trying to get him to calm down. I don't know why he started doing that lately, but now he's doing that every single time. Right. Sometimes, like, he'll go lay – I'll tell him to go get in the kennel. He'll go lay on his bed instead, right. and he doesn't want to go. He'll so, be all like in the kennel, and he doesn't want to get up. Yeah, and he'll start putting so, his heckles up ground. Yeah, I just like I said, I, I you know, kind of going back down to what I was saying is, I think you guys, I wouldn't use the e collar. He's he's been mm-hmm. poorly trained on the remote collar, which is making him anxious. So okay. I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, and I would, I would again, what you have to do is you have to do a behavioral reset, and you have to spend more time with him, teaching him fairly and communicating with him fairly to build confidence within you guys to build a better relationship. So mm-hmm. that's, that's really what you're struggling with. So again, we can, it doesn't, all of the things that you're talking about, there is none of that's going to change unless you get back down mm-hmm. to the basics and you start, right. you start taking off of work, uh, walks more and stuff. Cause you know, it's been kind of hard. We've been on 12s and stuff. I've been trying to do it as much as I can. So, right. Yeah. So those are things like, again, like you'll have to, I would just suggest if you're going to use your prong collar, that's okay. Um, uh, If you want to use like a slip leash, that's also okay. But you have to get back down to, because I was scared of choking on a slip leash. Okay. Because he's so, he's really pulley sometimes, you know, I didn't want to choke him like that. I don't know. Right. But that's what I'm saying is like, you, you have to, if he's dragging six to really train him what leash pressure is, what uh mm-hmm. you know what heel is what place is what stay is and that's what i'm saying is right now it's like if you tell him to do something now he'll he, sometimes he'll growl at you like because yeah. he doesn't want to do it like he knows what it is he just doesn't want to do it and so like i tell him go get in the kennel he'll go on his bed and just like lay down he's done that a couple of times uh he hasn't done it for a while but he has done that a couple of times mm-hmm. um where he doesn't want to go in there and now you know but when we get home He's perfectly fine in the kennel. Like he'll just be laying there, all calm, just smiling at us and everything. He's fine. It's just to get him in it and uh, the leaving process is where he's been acting up. But we're, you know, once he's in there and once he gets settled down, he's fine usually. It's just that beginning process is annoying. Just to uh, get him to understand, like man, and he, I try treating him, but he won't eat it. He'll just drop it on the kennel. He won't eat it till he open it up. Uh, he, uh, he is very, he loves treats and toys. You know, he listens to all that. Toy ball, the toys though, he gets very. Uh, um, protective over them sometimes, especially new toys. Whenever it's a new toy, he really does. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, so again, like my, my recommendation is to, you're going to have to, you need a reset. That's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You have to reset everything. So you have to, you have to get back down to the basics. So your relationship with him is what's causing all of this behavioral conflict, right? Okay. So, so that's why he's doing the things that he's doing, you know, with, with the ground. He's growling at you because he can, because you're not, you're not training with him. Like yes, he, sir. he's being, he's being pushy because, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not training him. So, so think about your relationship with him and how, how we would train. So what we would want to do is we'd want to go out, and we want to say heal, we want to say sit, we want to say stay, we want to say break. Basically meaning go to work, okay, and now break. So it's kind of like a lot, I talk about this a lot, but it's a lot like the military where it's very easy things, but it's very specific. 
Meaning like you have to wake up at a certain time. You have to show up. You have to, you have to wear the right things. You have to, there's, there's just like, it's very like, Hey, these aren't that easy. These aren't that hard, but you have to do it. And I think the discipline about it is the hardest part is just being consistent and mm-hmm. having the discipline. It's like, it's not really that hard to be on time. It, it's just, you got to do it consistently and it may not be as fun as you want it to be. So you have to just make sure that you're, you're very disciplined and structured with him. And, and I know what you're saying when you're, when you're talking about, well, he's growling at my wife and he's, he's going after people and he's doing all this random stuff. And, and those are all external things of, you know, it's kind of like just having a really old car. It's like, man, mm-hmm. it's like, so think about like a 25 year old car, you know, and it's like, oh man, the, 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 the tires are making a weird noise. And then, and then the, the, the trunk won't shut. And then the window is stuck down and the engine is stuck. And it's not like, my point is, is the big picture here is it's an old car, right? So mm-hmm. with you, it's like, oh, he's growling at my wife. He's growling because of this. He's going after my aunt. He's going at, you know, excitingly after my grandpa or whatever. It's all, it, the, the big picture here is your relationship with him. That's going to be the start and finish to being successful here is you have to get grounded with him and teach him what he can and can't do. You have to teach him boundaries. You have to reset things like, right. So, so there, so there's that, that's the biggest thing that you're working on right now is it's not going to be, there's no trick. There's no magic potion. There's no abracadabra. There's no like, Hey, he's growling. Oh, do this. And it goes away. He's growling because of your relationship with him likely right there's there's nuances and subtleties in there of like again he's, he's probably ground about the e-collar because it, it's it's sucked for him his whole mm. life there's, there's nothing good about the e-collar with him right so like with mm. me and the dogs that i work with and the clients that i work with the e-collar represents the leash so it's like when you get your leash out your dog's jumping getting excited to go out that's what the that's what the equipment means to me and the equipment isn't going to train your dog the equipment is just going to assist you mm. to train your dog and and like i said before it just sounds to me as a professional uh, in the way that i've been successful with dogs that the training that you've done with him and this other trainer is not appropriate for this dog and and to be honest probably not appropriate for a lot of dogs or any dog but that's not my place and it's not my it doesn't matter about that it's sure. it's water under the bridge you know yeah whenever uh going out for walks he gets really excited as soon as i tell uh, you know uh, get the leash and everything and stuff he'll he'll start whining really loud and yipping and whatever and he'll go to the uh, door and he gets super excited kind of doesn't want to listen and if you you tell him something he wants to kind of bark at you and so i just i'll, I'll uh, just uh pop him with the leash sometimes if i have to and then but and then i tell him wait you know he's good at waiting or staying or sometimes like that like try to get him like uh, i've been working on that more like don't go outside until i tell you okay you know yeah. waiting but um yeah i just like what would you say uh just do like to get them to where my wife can be able to put a leash on i mean a, a collar on them or stuff like that without you know well i think yeah, I yeah so i'm doing again so think about like it's the same thing it's like I just feel like she doesn't have the relationship. Like he's 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 maybe like pushing her. He's uncomfortable with her. He's taking advantage of her. And she's, yeah, after I deployed, he uh, she said that he was like he would. She had to shut him out of the bedroom because um, he would go in there and he would look, be on the side of the bed and just growling at her, you know, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he she he was scaring her, and so and she was wanting to, you know, get rid of him when I was gone and stuff like that. And so, um, she just, you know, shut him out of the bedroom at night when she was going to bed, you know? So, cause normally he just goes and lays by the end of the bed somewhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, I don't blame her for blocking him out of the room and it, and, it, and it's a really weird behavior to do. Uh, I'm not sure why that's happening unless there's some sort of neurological problem or that's what the trainer was that uh, said. And I took him to the vet and everything. You know, they didn't do any neurological stuff, but they said uh, it didn't seem like there was anything medically wrong with him other than the, like, uh, in, uh, just obedience or whatever they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that that may be. Uh, you know, that's definitely uh, something that that vets typically aren't going to be able to, like, look for, you know. And, and, and sometimes even vets who do CT scans and, neurological things i mean it's really hard to to figure out what's going on and so you're not going to be able to go to like your normal vet you know because they may they may read blood work and say no it's fine but um you just have to you just have to realize that um those are things that could be happening but i it's hard it's hard for me to to say because i don't i it's it's even Mm -hmm. hard for me to say when i have a, a dog in front of me because nobody really knows like what's 
what's a neurological issue on the outside other than the behavior they're exhibiting. But to me, it could be more of an opportunistic bad relationship thing because if he doesn't do that with anybody other than, you know, your your wife, then then he's selecting who he's doing it to. Now, if he was doing it to both of you, that would be a different story. I'm reasoning so, real good, my grandpa. I don't understand. Like he'll he'll go there and he won't ever do anything to him really. And it's weird. Uh, Mom and them's like maybe he's just a man's dog. I don't know. And like he'll just go there and lay next to the uh, recliner while he's watching sports or something. Just go lay there by him and play with his toys all the time. You know. Yeah. And he's fine. It's just when someone walks in the hallway, someone else, and he darts at him, starts barking. Yeah. Um, until he finally, you know, sees him and then he calms down after that. But he just constantly does it and does it. You know, I thought about putting the collar, I mean, the leash on him and letting him lay there and have someone walk down and just, you know, give him a pop when he does it. I thought about doing that, say that, do that until he finally gets the hint. I don't know. Um, I was also, uh, what's the, uh, so you, uh, what's the, for training, what would you price this? Or like maybe just a, like a one time like train just to look at them, kind of maybe do a session. Uh, well, I don't really do that, so it'd be hard for oh. me to answer that because I just don't do it. I, I right now, um, the only thing that I do for training is this, this consulting service, mm-hmm. uh, oh, the okay. the, uh, the out of state program, and then uh, I also. Uh, do like uh you know personalized training uh where people will fly me to certain places and um but 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 again like this <clears throat> this is you know i think that you're too stuck on these external things cuz we've mm-hmm. been you know we've been going back and forth on similar things and it's like everything that you're saying is the same thing every single thing that you've said is the same thing mm-hmm. so you, you have to you have to really listen to what I'm saying here is like when you're all of these external things of him being okay with grandpa and okay with this. And, you know, all of these things like come back, there isn't the, there's no training that's going to be involved with like, Oh, you just do this type of training. And then all of a sudden he's better. Like that's not going to happen. This is a long-term thing of, again, I'll, I'll put it in a different way. It's like, if you wanted to get into the best shape of your life, it's, mm-hmm. it's not you call a trainer and you say, Hey, I've seen you do this a hundred times. How do, how do I get to the best shape of my, how do I get to the best shape of my life? And I say, well, here's the guidelines that you have to do. And you, you know, it's going to take you about six months to get to the point where you're feeling good. And if you don't follow those guidelines. So my, my point is, is it's, it's not a one-stop shop. It's a very multifaceted, multi-layered long-term thing that he's, he needs you need to get back down to the basics with him. Mm-hmm. You have to put him on the leash and you have to have a routine and you have to start teaching him that you are ultimately in charge of, of certain things within fair reason. So you put him on the leash and you start working on heel and you start working on leash pressure and you start working on boundaries consistently with him. So you'll get him, like you said, like you're starting to do a little bit as you get him to the front door, you stop, you ask him to sit and you work on that sit until you release him. And then you release him through with a break command and then you come back in and then you ask him to sit and you do that again and you keep making him understand that you are the one that ultimately is going to guide him. And within that sit and stay, you may switch to a place behind him or you may switch to a heel and you walk away. But you want him. To, you want him to be hanging on every word that you say when you're in training mode. And right now, he's probably just looking around trying to find something else to do. So you got to reconnect with him on that level because it doesn't matter how aggressive it is and how many people he's biting and uh, how many grandpas he's knocking over. If you can't communicate with him on any level, then you're not going to be able to be successful with him at, at any point in time. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, hopefully, uh, I'll, I guess I'll start that and you know, go back to normal because I'd like to get on because this coming year, I'm going to be getting out and I'm going to go home and I'm going to have to stay with my grandparents for a little while till I, you know, uh, we get us a place of our own and back home in Texas. And so hopefully we get them, you know, taken care of. Hopefully, I don't know. But um, yeah, he's he was just over there. He put a hole in his bed and he's over here eating the mattress stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just saying, leave it for a second. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's one thing I was going to say is 
you know, after you start getting into a routine, like you have to, so every dog that I work with is a project. Okay. So if I get a dog in uh, personally, that's like, you know, I just took a friend's dog in a couple weeks ago and they were like, Hey, you know, she's kind of getting resource guarding. She's not really listening on walks. This is exactly up your alley. Okay. So I want to, I want to explain to you what I did with this dog in my own home, which I've never done, by the way, I've never taken in a dog in my own home and worked it. This was just a easy circumstance because I knew that the dog internally was okay. And she's a small dog. So it makes my life easier. And, uh, I only have one Mm -hmm. dog right now. So anyway, my point is, is, you know, the dog had some resource guarding issues. The dog wasn't responsive on the leash. The dog would be dragging. The dog wasn't engaged. The dog was just living this life of like, I do what I want when I want. And and now we're Mm -hmm. starting to see some unfortunate, um, bad behaviors from it and bad behaviors is, you know, getting kind of pushy and growly and this is mine, not yours and things like that. Right. So my point is, is what I did with this dog is I did a lot of obedience. I did a lot of routines. I did a lot of structure. I did five to 10 minute sessions. I broke the dog. I did five to 10 minute sessions. I broke the dog, but I diversified everything. So the dog was responsive to me. Now, ultimately what that did with the dog is it, she understood that I am in charge and not in the way that you were saying the other guy, the other trainer that you Mm -hmm. used was of like, I'm alpha, I'm dominant. I'm going to push you around and make you do things. It was more like, I want you to look at me for guidance, like a good manager, like a good parent or like a good friend. Hey man, Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time with this. Can you help me out? I want you to, I I need you for direction. You've been through this. You're, you know, you, you, you're experienced with this. You, you know what you're doing. And so what I did with this dog is I went out and I worked on the place command on a cardboard box. I worked on the crate command. Uh, I worked on the heel command. I worked on the down command, but I did all of these in, in little increments, five minute sessions. I'd say place, good place, heel, crate, good crate, come down. And I would, and, and, and I would good crate, good down, good heel break. And I would diversify everything. But that wouldn't work if she didn't know those behaviors. And I, and I am going to go out on a limb and say that your dog at this point probably doesn't know those behaviors well enough to do them consistently. So you just pick like four things. Say it's the bed, it's the sit, it's the stay, uh, and maybe like the break or something. You can add another thing in. But you need to – so basically what you're going to go out is you're going to practice. And you're, yes, you're practicing the obedience – but the bigger goal is you're getting stronger. You guys are getting stronger, right? You're getting, you're getting stronger. Your relationship is getting clearer. You're like, hey, this is what you have to do. And what will happen is, is as you're doing obedience. So how does obedience help with your long term, um, your long term relationship, right? So mm-hmm. obedience helps with your long term relationship like this. So we're gonna go place, sit, stay. So we got a cot which is place. We have a sit, which is sit. We have a stay, which is a stay. So we get a dog on a leash. We say, hey, buddy, go to your place. The dog goes to the place. And now the dog is like, yeah, you know what? You know, rather I'm, I'm 10 seconds in and I'm out of here or there's somebody outside or there's a ruffle of a chip bag or whatever it is. It's like, hey, I'm out of here. And then you stop that dog with, with so it's compulsion because you're making this dog do something they don't want to do against their will. They're like, hey, I'm out of here. And I'm like, oh, stop. You know, so I, I use the leash. So typically I'm using three points of pressure. My body, I'm walking towards the dog. My leash, I'm stopping the dog with my leash. And sometimes I'll use my voice, ah, 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 right? So usually it's, it's all three on, at the same time. So what that does is it, it, it strengthens your stay, but ultimately it tells the dog that you can't just dismiss yourself on your own terms. You can't just make a decision and say, hey, this is what I want to do. Because that's why your, do- your dog is like, ooh, Grandpa, I love you. Boom, jumped on grandpa. Grandpa falls over. Grandpa goes to the ER. Uh, your aunt comes in. I don't know your, you know, I don't know your aunt. I don't like your aunt. I come running over. I bite you. All of these things are on what the dog wants to do. It's all the dogs. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And you have to start shaping this dog to say you can't just make those decisions. So that's what mm-hmm. I'm, that's what I'm trying to say to you is like I understand the external problems you're having with the you know the every literally everything but furthermore in getting a little bit more granule is if you don't have a relationship with a dog that you can 
turn on and turn off. Like, hey, do this. Okay, now you can break. Hey, do this. Now you can break. And that's really what it, that's really where people fail with their dogs on a, on a big scale, huge scale mm-hmm. is if you have a dog that will do five things really well, when you tell them to do it, no matter what the circumstances are, you and your dog will live a very happy, healthy, mentally stable life because there's no confusion. There's, and just like with parents, like being a kid, you know, and you have mom and dad or whatever, or being a good boss, right? You say, Hey, you know, better than this, you know, this is what it needs you to do. This is, you know, and you're trying to teach them and, and kind of keep them in the lane of what's right and what's wrong through operant conditioning of like, this is okay. This isn't okay. Things like that. And that's what I'm saying is, is I feel like personally, there's a lot that's going into the problems that you're seeing. I think it's genetics. I think it's uh, uh, poor training in the beginning. Unfortunately, I think it's just confusion, excuse me, but I ultimately think it's also you trying to put out the, like their fires over here. Right. And mm-hmm. you're over here with a extinguisher. You're like, you're not, you're on the right spot here in order. Yeah, to, uh, yeah go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say like at a, at a big scale, Okay, at a big scale, you have to realize that the reason why your dog is doing these things like growling and jumping and doing all these like external things that you're having a problem with, the reasons why you signed up for this this call is because of the the micro of getting back down to all right. I want to be an athlete. Well, you're not just going to be an athlete. You got to start off with walking a mile, running a mile running two miles, you know, getting into shape, doing okay. push-ups. It's not just going to happen overnight. There's little things that you have to do across the board in order to build that up. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, you know, the trainer thought, you know, I shouldn't have got him from the breeder I did. I got him uh, there in Pennsylvania. I was just really wanting German Shepherd. I saw those uh, breeders. It was, uh, I didn't realize it turned out they were Amish, Amish breeders. And, yep, 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 yep. yep. And uh, it was six fifty, I think, for him. And I was like, "Oh, that's a good deal, six hundred and everything else." And he's like, "You know, he's like, told me, he's like, sometimes you just gotta go, and you know, spend, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars for a really good dog, and make sure when you do that, you're looking at the the uh, the, uh, the parents of them, mm-hmm. you know, how they are. Ask these questions. I didn't do any of that. I just gave them the money. You know, I picked out the dog I wanted and, and took him home, and I didn't think nothing of it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So he because. But I don't know, like, uh, there was another couple here on base. They got the dog from the Amish breeder, this, the same one. And uh, that dog was calm, and the trainer worked with them, with that dog, too, and he was calm. And then my dog was just super, he said, just had a lot of excess energy that just did not need to be there. Just, just excess yeah. energy. You know? um, yeah, that, well, that's um, what I mean is it's a, it's a mixture of what's going on. I think genetics are definitely a role. It, you, can you train? You know, is that? hard is that uh i mean is that impossible to like genetics you know yes. like to- yes you can't you can't do anything about that and let me yeah. let me help you understand that means if you're born uh and, and and you're an adult man and you're five foot six right that you know and if you're like man i really want to be like seven four i really want to work to get seven four that's not yeah. going to happen you know, yeah, your, yeah. your genetics aren't going to change that, unfortunately. Right. Sir. So, so think about it like that, that genetics are in, like you said, you know, and I'm trying to like play devil's advocate here is I want you to look at the glass half full and not, not worry so much about like, you know, yeah, yeah, it sucks. That's, but that's why the Amish are there is because they, they breed, you know, German shepherd mixes that, uh, people like yourself, you know, young, young, young adults would, would look forward to having and, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. And you might get, and the thing is, is like, from it, yeah, right. You learn something. Right. And the thing is, is, um, y- you know, it, it, it's not always like consistent. You know, we, we've seen, Germ- we've seen a lot of the German shepherds come out of those camps in Pennsylvania because we're pretty close there, you know, mm-hmm. by pretty close. I mean, five, six, seven hours, whatever, less than 10 hours, which yeah. is a normal, to see how far it was to 
I think y'all, and it was like six hour drive or so. Yeah. Our average clients are 10 hours. Average, our average clients are 10 hours from us. So anyway, so my point is we see a lot of them too. And we see, we see the genetics that that's going on. And usually they're timid of men and they're not socialized and they're just all over the place. But again, we can't change that. We can't make you seven, four. So let's talk about the things we can do. And, and again, one thing that we haven't really talked about is exercise both mentally and physically. And so it doesn't matter, uh, you know, how good of a trainer you are or how, how good the genetics of dog you have in front of you. Dogs like this, uh, all dogs really, need a really great outlet. They need something that allows you to, um, to, to outlet the dog to say, hey, I want you to, I want you to work. I want you to, to, to have a mental stimulation. I don't want you to live in the house or live in the home um, and not do anything. So that's the other thing too is, 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 again, it's like, oh, I want to be in the best shape of my life and you only want to eat good. It's like, okay, that's going to help, right, right? Like your training is going to help, right? But, but it's like, I don't want to exercise. I don't want to do cardio, you know? And no, it, it's like, I, I don't want to say nobody, but a lot of people don't like cardio. But so, so my point is, is you're, you have to balance it out. This dog needs mental stimulation with training and structure and boundaries and guidelines. And again, like, rails to keep him yes and no yes and no okay and my terms break and he also needs um, a physical uh, exercise as well so that's where your break comes in your ball your tug your frisbee um your hikes your runs your walks but you it's a mixture yeah i tried the tug toy you know because you know and yeah, after a little bit he'll just start growling you know because he wants it and so yeah. that that's why i use the collar and uh, vibrate him like i tell him uh, drop it you know you, should, you know, and if he doesn't drop it, I'll page him for that and stuff like that. Um, another thing, um, so like, should I mix in like training stuff like that with my wife? Like, best both do it, yes. or should I start off doing it myself? You know, and then yes, well, both. So you need to right now. You need to because you have the um, uh, he's the friendliest with you. We'll say so. You you mm-hmm. need you need to start uh, say hey hey man this is what place is this is what it means I'm serious about it you can't just like lollygag and say hey I'm out of here hey I don't want to do this hey there's something better over here I'm out peace like that stuff's not going to work you have to make sure that you're teaching these boundaries and these things and he'll look at you and he'll start to go like if you look at my videos on YouTube some of the some fine. of the yeah some of the e- some of the easiest things that we've done and accomplished and the breakthroughs that we've had is just holding the dog accountable. It's like they've mm-hmm. lived, they live their life with no accountability because people are like, yeah, we don't know how to hold our dog accountable. We don't know. We don't want to correct our dog, we, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, but that's not going to work. You know, it, imagine just having a life where you'd have no job. You just live off the land and you're just doing whatever you want. There's no accountability. There's, there's not do whatever you want. It's like a fairy tale. You know, it's like, it doesn't exist. That's not the way the world works. There's balances. So my point is, is you have to get back down to those balances with this dog and teach him boundaries and teach him structure, right from wrong on your terms every day, five minute sessions, 10 minute sessions throughout the day. And once you guys get a good relationship and once you guys are on the same page and he responds and he's starting to look at you and he starts to say, okay, I'm waiting for you. Can I go? You say, okay, break. And he's like, yep, I'm out. See, a lot of people don't have that engagement. They just, the dog just does whatever they want and whatever. So once you can get that yourself, which may take you a week, may take you two weeks, may take you three days. That depends on how much you work on it. Then then you can start saying, okay, wife, why don't you come out and watch what I'm doing? You have any questions? You have any concerns? And then you start transferring things over, and then she starts to take the wheel. Because again, I think it's a little bit of genetics, but I also think it's it's very just opportunistic behavior. right? So if she's afraid of him, she doesn't really care for him at this point because he's mean to her or whatever. He's going to pick up on that. So he's going to walk in her room as she's sleeping in her bed, and he's going to look at her. He's going to growl. He's going to say, I just want you to move. I just want you to react. He and has never done – he hasn't done that since, uh, you know, whenever she was here alone and I was gone, you know, then that's been – but he hasn't done it since I got back anyways, luckily. So Understood. <laughs> yep, and that's after, what – Actually, like, after I left, like, he was upset or something. Like, he didn't know what happened to me. I don't know. Well, like, I, was, I think um, – Whatever whatever leadership you do have with him or whatever consistency you do had with him, it, when you left, he didn't know what else to do, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I think you're like on a scale of one to a hundred, you probably have the capacity with him on a structured level at like a 15%. It should be a hundred. 
And so when you mm-hmm. left, it went to zero. So he's like, now I got nobody. I don't know what to do. I don't know who's in charge. I don't know who's going to make my dinner. I don't know who's going to bring me for walks. I don't know who I'm going to look at to play with. I don't know what's going on, right? Because your wife may be busy and timid and whatever. It doesn't matter. My point is, is you know, we can talk all day about why that happened or why it's happening. And it could be a mixture of things. could be a, a melting pot of things. But my point is, is the reason why it's happening likely at a bigger scale is because he's he, he just doesn't, He's got no accountability. He's got no structure. He's got no confidence. And that's the things you have to start building with him. So you need to go out and start working on that every day, five to 10 minute sessions as often as you can. And then what you want to do is you want to go out and then show your wife how to do it. And then she needs to start doing it, but she has to do it like you. And if she doesn't, then you're going to have to just make some decisions on, you know, what's going to be best for the dog. So if you go out you say, okay, buddy, heel, sit down stay good stay break good okay buddy heel good heel sit good sit okay break right if you're doing like that and then your wife gets the leash okay okay uh uh, all right uh sit 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 then you might as well just you're gonna have to find a different home for the dog while you're away or you're gonna have to Mm -hmm. board the dog because that's not gonna work or you might just say, hey, your, your wife's going to have to play zookeeper and walk on eggshells for a little bit until you can fully f- spend time with this dog because she's mm-hmm. just not going to be able to handle him. So that's what I mean is like once you get control, which right now you don't have the control that you need to be successful with a dog that is edgy, right? So like you said in the beginning of the conversation is he's great until boom, right? So with my dog, Lakota, if you said, hey, will she listen to you? I'd say yes. What if I threw the ball? She'd want to go. It's compulsion. It's all compulsion training. She'd want to go, but I'm making her stay. And I'm not forcing her to stay with anything. She's just listening to me with my voice. Still compulsion. I'm still holding her against her will. That stuff like a long leash. So, Because I normally use the the pager for that stuff. Like if he goes and doesn't listen, he goes off, and I tell him to come back, and he doesn't. You know, I use a pager for that. Should I just use like a maybe a really long leash? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you could. But but again, 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 you, you have to uh-huh. realize you have to realize like how well does he know recall? How well does he know stay? Like those are the he things. Comes, he'll just keep going. <laughs> he'll like just keep going by me and just running. And then I'll tell him come, and he'll do it and come back, and he'll just like go by. And well, that's what home. I mean. Is he doesn't really know like a traditional recall. He just knows to maybe come to you if you have something for him, and if not, he's out. So that's what I'm saying, man. Is I don't want you to miss the point of this conversation. Is you got to realize, like you, you got a lot of work to do on the very principles, the very basics, right? It's like showing up to a job site that that's getting ready to build a house, and you show up. You're like, yeah, can we get the gutters uh, white, and can we get the shutters black, and can we get, can we, can we put a, can we put a cool little waterfall thing bathroom in in the shower? And your contractor's yes, looking at you, and you're like, man, we haven't even dug a hole yet. What are you talking about? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So you, you really have to focus. This is what I'm saying is, you know, what what we were just talking about is I was telling you the big picture and you're still focused yep. on the on the little things, right? So let me explain. So when I was saying that my dog will stay until I release her without any equipment, without anything else, she'll just do it because she's listening to me and she'll come back when I tell her to. She's doing that because we've set boundaries. We have a relationship a big macro relationship and understanding of each other that it's in her best interest to listen to me. I don't want her to get hit by a car. I don't want her to get attacked by a fox. I don't, maybe I just don't want her to chase the ball because I don't want her to get wet again because it's wet outside, whatever it is. My point is, is no matter the little small things, the bigger picture is, is my dog will do whatever I want her to do because she trusts me to make the decision for her. If I say leave it, she's got to leave it. If I say down, she'll down. Doesn't matter if I'm in Manhattan, I'm in Colorado, I'm in Australia. It doesn't matter. She's gonna listen. And then what you immediately went with is like, yeah, you know, when my dog does recall, she just it just runs right by me. I'm like you're missing the picture. Is okay. you, you my 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 point is is that's 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 your whole your whole relationship is your dog won't do what you want her want him to do in Start general. With the small stuff. Yeah, man. You, you, work your way up to yes. Uh, Please do that. You just think you you gotta really think about what I'm saying. Is you don't focus on those little individual things, like where you're like, oh, my dog's growling, my dog's uh, not coming back, my dog is jumping at my aunt, my dog is jumping. Those are all a product of this of one problem. 
is because your dog is out of control at this point. Your dog isn't your, your dog isn't responding to anybody. You got to put the dog back on a leash, and you have to get back down to the basics to really teach this dog what's what's appropriate and what's not, and then everything else will fall into place. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I was going to mention one more thing, but I just thought I'd leave it alone because it might be another thing. <laughs> um, if it's if it's another thing, a very granular thing of like, well, he also does this, then yeah, well, let's just. Let's just focus on, okay, well, I, I and because you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that's because your dog won't listen to you in general. You know what I mean? It just seems like a happy dog sometimes, you know, like most of the time, and then just has those, those moments, especially for other people, but like, you know, you just, you know, those little moments where he just snaps out. Yeah, but, and, and, and again, it, it, I'm so not. I don't think it's something yeah. neuron. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm not saying like, if you have a, if you have a poorly bred dog, right, with bad mm. genetics, that's that's one default, right? But then if you have a poorly bred dog with bad genetics that doesn't listen to anybody, that's a completely other different point. But that's something that you can control. Like again, like mm-hmm. you can't control if you want to be seven four, but you could still play you could still be really good at basketball if you want to, but you're still not gonna be seven four. So my point is is yeah, yeah, you might have a poorly genetically bred dog, right? You can't change that. But what you can change is accountability, your dog listening to you, setting your dog up for success. So when you have people over and you're like, hey, I don't, my dog really won't listen to me off leash, do not put your dog off leash. Put your dog in the other room, right? Or if you're like, hey, Aunt Karen's coming over at 4, and at 3.55, he's running around the, the apartment or whatever, uh, and then she comes in early. Like, don't put yourself in those situations. So a lot of the things that you're working on can be preventable. They could be helped. Um, and the genetics is just a small piece of it. And I work with a lot of dogs that genetically are – aren't really at default. They're just like super prey driven dogs that shouldn't be in the home that they're in. Right. So we get people coming in with border collies or staffy terriers, pit bull terriers, um, or even shepherds. They come in, they go, Oh, you know, my border collies nipping all the kids. That's not a problem. That's something you signed up for. You just don't know what you're doing. And this, this dog may not be the right fit for you. We're not going to be able to tell fish not to swim. We're not going to be able to grow seven, four when we're six feet tall. But what I can say is your obedience needs to get better because right now, again, you're focusing on something that's not going to change. It's like my, you know, again, the border collie wants to go and herd things. We're not changing that, but your obedience isn't good. So you can't control it. So now you got to lose, lose. So we may have a fearfully insecure, genetically unsound dog with little to no obedience. And that's the big problem. So you just got to get back down to the basics and really reset things because the issue here is your relationship and your foundation with the dog. But if I if somebody were to run up to ask you, and that's what we that's what you got to look at this conversation. You're talking about, you know, you're you're kind of like mentioning I want to get rid of this and this and this and this. That's not that it's all coming from one place. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I see. Okay. All right, man. Well, uh, do you have any other questions before uh, I head out to my other session? Uh. No, no, sir. I think I'm pretty good. Um, I appreciate it, though. Uh, uh, thank you a lot. Yeah, you're so. welcome. Just, just watch some of my watch the video I just put up with Tigger, the pit bull. Okay. Perfect example, right? This is a dog that wanted to fight me. This is a dog that did fight me. This is a dog that doesn't like me. This is a dog that tried to bite me, and this dog doesn't have to like me. Doesn't have to, you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's same thing that probably some genetics going on there. Uh, they worked with the trainer and a behaviorist that really just put them in the opposite direction of where they wanted to go. So I, I had to take the leash and say, and the dog kept coming after me and I wasn't working on that coming after me thing. I was working on the owner because it doesn't matter if I can get this dog to stop coming after me because he doesn't like new people. And he told me that my point is, is I spent an entire three days telling her. So she would get the dog. And she'd say, Tigger sit, Tigger sit, Tigger sit, Tigger sit. And the dog would look anxious and want to go after everybody. And so yes, she came in. She's like, look, my dog is going after everybody. I'm like, your mm-hmm. dog's going after everybody because you don't know what you're doing on that leash. I'd go back and look at that video that I did. Take a look, check it out, and really look at like some handling errors that are going on that you could you could benefit from. Yes, sir. All right. Oh. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, brother. Stay safe. Thank you for your service and uh, just keep working hard. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast, and I have my son in my arms, so you may hear a little coo and a little binky sucking, but uh, that's what you're going to hear, if anything. All right, buddy? Yeah.
Anyway, three of your dog training questions. Let's see. Kai and Luna, 2020, five-star review. Kai thanks you. Hi, Tom. I cannot begin to thank you enough. Throughout my three-year journey with my reactive mini Aussie Kai, I have hired numerous positive-only trainers and spent loads of money, not only on trainers, but dog training courses as well. Until I found you, everything was unsuccessful. Not only the tools you use, but the way that you teach us how to use them has changed mine and my life dog forever. Wow. That's not, if that's not a life-changing review, I don't know what it is. Thank you. I knew, uh, there's more. I knew that my relation, buddy, I'm trying to work here. I knew that my relationship with my boy could be amazing. He looked at me completely different now, literally like he's thanking me for finally finding a training way that works for him. I have watched all the videos and listened to all the podcasts and finally got an opportunity as a working spot when you come to Texas. I am beyond grateful to see you in November. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Daniel Kai. That, see, that's why I do what I do. That's exactly why I do what I do. I'm going to screenshot that and post it on Instagram. I love that. Love that. Love that for you guys. So happy for you. Haley and Rizzo, five-star review. Uh, com- short uh, com- compliment and short update. Hi, Tom. I have a question for you, but I just wanted to give you some compliments on a small update and hopes that inspires and encourages other dog owners to be put in the work that needs. So listen, this is another one. This is great. Two years ago, I was on a podcast titled My Young Dog Tries to Attack People on Walks. Rizzo is now three years old and has had made an insane amount of progress thanks to your videos and your online consulting service. And that's what you guys are listening to, by the way, my online consulting. It's a consult consultation, that audio form. I have learned so much about not only my dog and what works for him in handling, but this limits his boundaries as well. I have accepted that Rizzo does not like anybody he doesn't trust, and I definitely don't force him to trust anybody, but I expect him to receive obedience. I have a strict do not touch, do not talk, or look at my dog rule that really helps Rizzo. Since I got him as a puppy, he has not been able to trust anybody besides my immediate family and my grandmother. My other family, so I just, no, I'm sorry, no other family. So I just accept that they're this is how Rizzo is, and I'm okay with it. In the last September to now, Rizzo has come to trust two new people, which was a big win for us. Rizzo was in a po- in a position where we couldn't trust him around anyone on leash, even muzzled, where now we have been able to take the farmer's market muzzle-free, and we can walk off-leash heel at the river, passing some people and bikes. And we cannot and we can off-leash heel at parks, passing soccer practices in front of dog parks and more. With that being said, thank you for helping us reach our goals where I wanted to be with my dog stress-free, worry-free, confident, and happy to take my dog anywhere as long as I'm managing my dog in the situations I can. I hope people never stop trying to better their dog because it's worth it and possible. Uh, that sounds scripted, man. That sounds like I wrote that to better myself. I'm not even kidding you. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Haley, for sharing this. And thank you so much, Kai, for sharing your story with Luna. I guess let's just keep this on a roll. If anybody else has life-changing stories, I'm going to start posting these on Instagram to share these stories with other people because this is amazing. This gives me so much hope and passion and ammunition and drive to continue to, to bust my butt for you guys. And so thank you so much. And if anybody else has these stories, please share them with me in social media in some way, shape, or form. Let's get into another one. Mochi the GSD, my favorite podcast, period. Thank you so much for putting out the podcast and your YouTube content. I look forward to it every week and appreciate the compassion you have for dog owners. Even though you are the professional, you don't make your clients feel stupid or terrible people. I was especially interested in what you had to say in your latest podcast on euthanasia about working dogs and schedule schedule and lifestyle they keep. My question for you is, what is your personal opinion on adult dogs and crates? I have a two-year-old German Shepherd and she has been crate trained from a puppy. She's very happy and content in the crate and has a very structured life in regular walks and outdoor play. I work from home, so she has plenty of interaction with me during the day, but if I'm not actively watching her, I crate her because she gets into trash and she pulls things out with her mouth. I sometimes feel guilty about putting her into the crate, and part of me wants to allow her to roam freely. And on the other hand, I am home with her all day and need a few hours myself, and crate works for me and my lifestyle. I also keep her in the crate at night. How much crate time is okay for a dog? I think, um, do you use a crate for Lakota at home? I use the, the place command more often than the crate um, because her place is good, and a lot of her mm, overwhelming moments are, are momentary. Um, so if somebody comes over and she's super excited, um, I will touch her, which is her crate, or her touch, or her... Wow, her place command, and I'll down her. We'll keep her there for a little bit. Um, so yeah, so that's that. Um, I, the only time that she's in her crate is when she eats. I we just have had a habit since she was a puppy. I get her food ready, and she runs into the crate, uh, and she eats there. But I don't shut the door or anything. Uh, when we're traveling, it's a little different. I might 
put her in a crate, but I, I don't usually actually ever, um, but I would. Um, so, so yeah, so I mean, I, I think if you're putting your dog into the crate because she's getting into things because you can't watch her, I think that that's fair. That's what the crate's for, kind of keeps her safe. The other thing alternatively that you might want to do if you feel bad is just use an X-Pen to kind of keep her into an area. Um, so it's kind of like a crate, but also you have free range. Um, and X-Pens you can get at Home Depot, or I'm sorry, X-Pens you can get at PetSmart and Petco and things like that. So I would say that that's fine um, as long as you're, you know, that's what the crate's for is to, to keep your dog out of trouble. Um, so I think that that, that makes sense. Anyway, all right, you guys, uh, that's going to be it for me today. Um, we got some more going, uh, coming up. What do you think, Banks? <laughs> and I appreciate you guys listening so much. Again, let's hear your stories if you guys have some. Uh, I'd love to hear your success stories. It means, like I said, it means a lot to me. It gives me ammunition. It gives me more reason to con- continue to, to work hard. When I get a good review like that, you know, it just fires me up. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.